Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a good friend, talented, creative photographer, Tyler Seller. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Pretty good, bro. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, be part of the 94 Collective and all your podcasts. You're doing some great things. And even though we just met recently, I'm, I'm really excited to do this. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Tyler, it really means a lot. Um, you know, you and I met uh, on the comedy tour of Nima Naz. Uh, I'm your sugar daddy. And we were taking care of the behind the scenes. You know, I was covering the footage portion. You were covering the photography. And in the Montreal venue, uh, that was our stop. And that's how we kind of like joined forces. <laughs> and I remember like, you know, picking you out from the team because I recognize the hat, uh, the same hat that you're wearing today. Um, you know, I'm directing a video today. And that's the famous hat that Cole Bennett wears. Uh, if you're not familiar with that audience, it's uh, Lyrical Lemonade, um, a very uh, high profile brand in the music industry, music video industry. And um, yeah, I was just moved by when I saw it uh, right away and just uh, hearing that whole backstory, uh, which we have yet to discuss on this podcast. Yeah, so uh, the hat. So obviously <laughs> it says I'm directing a video today, but uh, yeah. it's a cool thing to have when you're a video director. It's, it's a piece that, you when you're creative you always want to show pride in what you do of course and this is just a small chance to show pride whether you're walking down the street people are always looking at the hat reading it um you get some laughs they're like what are you doing wearing this hat like exactly you're, you're a clown but <laughs> once you go on set it's a it's a pretty cool look and people are like wow that's that's awesome where you get it and it's just a very niche um a niche setting but uh it came about that um lyric lemonade dj his name's glow up jake uh, he helped co-found it. He lived with um, Cole Bennett. His dad passed away and he was living with his mom. Wow. So um, glow up Jake. Um, he ended up just switching houses. His family situation wasn't great. So he lived with Cole. Uh, he asked that he needed a pair of shoes. So I kind of got him in touch. It was a trainer cactus jack uh, shoe. And it was like newly released this year. Okay. And he said, I'll, I'll, give you some merch in return and this was one of the favors that he owed me so i said i need to get this i I need it but that was how that kind of came about well Uh, i'm so happy you're wearing i'm so happy you were wearing the hat uh like i told you straight up like if you know you know um and that's like a a brand of expression uh not only from a fashion sense but also uh artistically and you were rocking it that day and i just like i said before this podcast and i mentioned you know throughout uh our collaboration uh at the nima nash show um, you know, you were speaking my language, right? Um, you know, hanging out with comedians for like about four or five days until I saw you. Uh, it's a very different world. You know, it's a very different uh, dialogue. And they were roasting me after about like how I was speaking because I get all geeky about like film and videography and yeah, they were acting like we were married. It was exactly, bro. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't give a shit because I was like, yo, this guy like knows, you know. And um, I was even more moved uh, by the fact that you respected my work. Um, because you know, that's also another challenge for creatives. Like what if you're hitting it off and like, you're not that good, right? (laughs) You're a great personality, you know what I mean? But like, at the end of the day, it's like, yo, like your shit, I don't know. I I'm not messing with it. You know what I mean? So, um, no, you, one of your things that kind of like, um, really put a pinpoint on your creativity. When you said you had a clothing collection, I was like, Oh, awesome. Can I see the, can I see the brand? And you pulled up the website and you said, yes, this is the clothing line, but I have a really cool way of promoting it. And pulled up this YouTube video or Instagram reel and it yeah. was these girls with team Canada dancers and choreography all uh-huh. planned out to DJ Khaled. And I was like, so they're dancing with their clothes on and 
that's how you promote your clothing line. And it was the most creative thing from like a filming aspect. Right. And it's better than just putting it on a website. And I would have never thought of that. And <laughs> it's, it's one of the greatest it's, I tell my, I told a bunch of people this. I was like, this is one of the greatest ideas I've ever seen in my life for any clothing brand. Um, it was a, it's a really, it's a really cool concept. And I really enjoyed Thank seeing you, that. That was, that was some of the best work. Seriously. Thank you, sir. No, and only more to come, right? Like I only did that one video just to kind of use it as a sales pitch. Um, exactly. Kind of get these dancers. And I'm so happy that I have one reference video to show creatives like yourself. Uh, Cause sometimes it's hard for us to articulate exactly what the vision is all about. Um, right. But I'm so happy. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was even telling my buddies after that, I'm like, yeah, this guy, Tyler, like he was actually really impressed by this idea. Cause I always know, like, you don't want to sound too uh, pretentious, right? Like too full of yourself. Right. But I always knew in my heart, I'm like, yo, this is something no one's doing. Like, I, I don't see it. And it's like, how cool would it be if like, that's a staple of the brand? You know what I mean? Like you just right. see it uh, constantly posted and yeah, like that's, that's something I'm working on uh, in the coming weeks. I got another one scheduled. Um, it's very challenging, obviously like getting the right dancers together, but like, you know, as a creative, um, as we've kind of crossed each other's paths, you put that energy out there, right. You put that, uh, positive vibe and kind of willpower to create and you'll attract the right people. Um, I don't even know right. if I told you how I attracted those dancers, but like, it was essentially just constantly talking to anyone I could speak of, like about this idea, like I did with you and lo and behold, you know, someone comes up to me and says, yo, I got these dancers that dance for like, you know, the hip hop program at Brock university, or I got these dancers from rolling loud. They're interested. I'm like, yo, what, <laughs> like, let's go, let's go. You exactly. I mean? Right. Um, yeah. and wait till that, that, that comes out. Right. And as we get better, you know what I mean? So I'm so happy you're supportive of that. And like, yeah, uh, I was even analyzing yeah. it more in detail. And I was like, I was like, if the girls are wearing it, whenever you see like a deep pop or like a red bubble Etsy sort of yeah. thing, every girl is asking them like what they're wearing. And I feel like those comment sections at some point would just flood up with people asking like, yo, what are they wearing? And they might not realize that it's like an ad, but they're just going to see the clothes and like how cool they look and how vibrant yeah. the colors are. And it's just like such a sneaky way. And it's, it's just a way for it to get out there. It's, it's so, it's so smart. There's so many things more in depth, like, <laughs> like, uh, with the algorithms of like social media, you post on TikTok, you post on Instagram, there's other stuff, but like with those algorithms, algorithms, I'm not going to get into depth with that, but no, for uh, sure, it's, for sure. it's so smart. It is. Thank so you, smart. sir. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm excited to share more and more and, uh, you know, uh, have you part of it in any which way I can in the future. Like, you know, there's always room for that. And, you know, I just th think it's just a cool way and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Right. Um, but that's what I am, you know, like I'm always just trying to come up with the next idea and, um, the whole idea the concept behind the dance music videos for the 94 collection is I told you, it's not to sell the merch. It's a subtle way. It's more to sell me as a brand and like my capabilities as a director. Um, right. and I think that's what people are missing now is like, you know, money's great and all, you know, we all want to make it. Um, right. but if you're after that and only that, um, your creativity, your integrity as an individual falters. Right. So I think it's so important that we do that. Um, that we always like take priority in why we started or why we entered this business in the first place. So I'm so exactly. And know you. that and know Thank that you, the money is going to come in the end. Exactly. You know, exactly. Like, like it's that whole, it's that whole idea of just that passive income in quotes. <laughs> exactly. That, uh, yeah. Your creativity is going to hopefully explore more of like the industries, what, whichever way you go with it. And that just will the, yeah. the money. Not to talk too much about like my brand or whatever, but just to go back on what you were saying, like passive income, give an example, like, 
when I started 94 collection, everyone was thinking like, oh, but who's going to buy that, right? And obviously I was like uh, insulted by that. But at first I, I understand mm -hmm. that, right? Because it's like, I didn't build the brand yet. But what they don't right. fail to understand is I didn't create it as a second income. You know what I mean? I didn't like say, oh, I'm going to make a <laughs> bunch of money off of hoodies. It's like, no, anyone could right. do that really. Um, the way what's going to make me unique and different is that I'm going to use it as a creative outlet so I can purposely do other stuff like dance music videos, work with a different market in the industry. And then attract mm -hmm. those kinds of individuals and create like and just learn an how to do it in general. Yeah, but but expand the empire it. as they say, right? Like it's exactly. like that logo, this logo I'm wearing right now, 94. It's like you'll see it not only in film, you'll see it in vlogs, you'll see it in dance music videos and podcasts, mm -hmm. anything media really. And it's like, don't look at it as, oh, I'm gonna make a secondary income. It's like, yeah, that will come if you're good. Right now, focus on how right. you build and create value for that brand um, to essentially make that income. But yeah, I'm so happy that you, mm -hmm. you saw saw it on the right page. Um, and this is like just uh, a glimpse of the conversations you and I had exactly. uh, in the yeah. green room <laughs> uh, <laughs> and through the course of it, you know, we discovered a mutual passion for film, photography and music. Um, and from one creative to another, it was an honor to be able to share, you know, this endless fascination uh, for the craft and the potential collaboration we can soon cultivate together. Um, but I want to know from you before we begin here, what made you decide to become a photographer and videographer? So I might have mentioned this to you before, but, uh, and no one, no one, I haven't really, this is kind of cool. It's my first podcast. No one's ever really known about, they just see all the stuff I do over the past right, two right. years I've been doing this. Yeah, yeah. That's a short period of time. And, and I've never got to tell anyone or, or no one knows. So during COVID, we were all playing video games, 20 hours a day, nonstop, Call of Duty, 100%. whatever you were playing. Yeah. And uh, everyone, all these girls and all these guys on Instagram are saying, you know, Rolling Loud's supposed to be today. Uh, we miss it. Oh, this concert with uh, Bieber was supposed to go on his Justice tour. He had the weekend going on his After Hours tour, and that all got canceled. People had all these tickets, and I was like, damn, I've only been to, like, one concert before any of this. The, my first concert was 2018, Aubrey and the Three Migos. So that was oh, Drake wow. and okay. Migos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a birthday gift, and we sat first row balcony. It was me and uh, one of my good friends. Yeah. And um, so... I was like, these video games are just killing me. I'm getting so bored. So I decided to move into editing. So I started using iMovie as the right. sort of first uh, first scale, whether it was on a Mac at my friend's place or just uh, off my phone. So I started making these little YouTube videos, making like animation characters say whatever we wanted to say. So you'd have SpongeBob saying whatever you want him to and just kind of make jokes out of it. Yeah. Um, and I just enjoyed it so much. And I was like, wow, this could be a serious passion. So um, I started to figure out what was a cool thing for my age. And I, I always found music to be fascinating. I always listened to it. Um, and I knew it was never going anywhere. So I said, whenever you go to a concert, you see everyone holding their phones in the air and, and they're all recording. I said, Engaged. might as well yeah. get up to the front, you know, like might yeah, as well yeah. get up to the front and work with the artists. So yeah. I chose the music industry to start editing for them. Um, and led me to Rolling Loud. I was editing a couple sets for them. And right after COVID, all these record companies were losing a bunch of revenue. And um, I just started going and saying, hey, do you, you need someone to help edit? And they were saying, yeah. yeah, we got this tour coming up. So the record companies were really smart. So since they lost a lot of money, they had three artists, three, two, three artists travel in the same location. Mm -hmm. And they paid for one set, the same set. And they would have the... Uh, the tour management team go from place to place, bringing it. 
Right. And they had four people on their media staff and they knew it wasn't enough. So wow. they took me in, had me edit some stuff and help be an intern for Columbia and, and got to kind of know what's like working in a record company. That's awesome. Um, which was really cool to just get offered and, and even just like be around artists of that caliber six months in. Um, but there's a, a cool guy named Declan Kyle. He does all these videos for Tekka, Joe Kenji, all these upcoming artists. And Tekka's a pretty big artist now, but um, yeah. he, he kind of got me started with the whole filming aspect. So I was using a Fujifilm HS50 EXR. It's, it's not even a starting video camera. And I was only into videos. Um, and it wasn't even a starting camera. It was, it was maybe like photos here and there, especially not for a darker setting. Gotcha. So I would go to clubs in Montreal and I moved up here during COVID for school. Right. And when clubs would open up, I'd say, do you want a free video? Do you want a free video? Do you want a free video? Just yeah. to learn how to yeah. film in that setting if I really wanted to go into a concert. Yeah. Um, so one club hit me up and they said, yeah, sure, come by. And ended up making a video kind of blew up. And I was like really surprised because the equipment I was using, the editing software I was using, it was pretty terrible to where I'm at now. And, Were you still uh, using iMovie at the time? No, I wasn't. Oh, I was okay. actually using, it was, it was Final like, cut. <laughs> it was like, it was Final Cut kind of, but like it was, it was like pre-designed transitions that's like wild. the transitions were already made. You didn't have to do anything crazy. Uh, so it was like an, it was like an extension. Right. Um, so from that, I was just kind of like, I want to do a concert. I think I'm decently ready to do it. So Declan Kyle working with Tekka said, do you want to film Tekka in Montreal? And I was like, absolutely. So got a wristband, went in, filmed the whole thing with him, right. Davey Santana, young Chris and made the video and that was my first experience it was the craziest thing ever yeah and from that just kind of tore up but it all started and at a club just like learn how to hold the camera for the first time and then a month later i was filming right. Tekka, which is kind of a wild turnaround yeah at a, but, I sh at a club but i should mention or you should reiterate that it was free right like a lot of people don't realize it was free especially yeah. with the creatives like uh i went through my fair share of you know doing things for free and you know, it's fun and all in the beginning, but after a while you start to realize, yo, I got to get paid. But looking exactly. back, it was necessary. That's the only way exactly. to prove yourself. Um, we have to become at a point where we're undeniable, but in order to get that, we have to prove ourselves constantly day in and day out. Um, and I, and I feel like, you know, that's the whole part of like establishing the foundation um, as artists. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. like that, that's a very valid, I, I like that you were humble enough to say it, um, that you started free because a lot of no, artists, you know, they don't like that term, you know? right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you got a, if you have a camera and you never knew how to use it, I wouldn't expect to get paid, you know? Um, that's smart. So yeah. it's kind of like you, you go in and it's just for the experience and learning because there's, especially in music, the music industry is really sleazy. And I'll, I'll tell you like a crazy story after when we get into like talking about the artists. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, it's a very sleazy industry. You have promoters, you have security guards, and then you have the managers. The promoters, all they want is money. Yeah. And that's when you DM a club, that's the guy you're talking to. They just, right. They're just the money man. Yeah. So if you flat out say you're going to do it for free, yeah. they'll say, they'll wipe their hands clean and that's it. They're going to yeah. allow you to do whatever you want. Exactly. Uh, but you go, you go to security guards. At concerts, I go to security guards. And I, like when I first went back to Boston, I 
walked into a venue. It was a private event. No security guard at the door walked in, got all the way up to the stage. Yeah. I don't even know how I did it. I was in a t-shirt. Everyone was in suits. And I, the security card came up to me and he was like, what are you doing here? Like, what's your name? And I, I was just talking to him. I, I was like, I'm trying to start a media company here. And I'm a concert photographer, videographer. I work in the music industry. And the guy said that he wanted to do the same thing. So we started talking. That's Those crazy. guys are the guys that let you in the door, you know? Yeah. So you, send, the you get their number. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You send them a, you send them a text and they let you right in. There's no, there's nothing wild. to do with it. Yeah. So I would go to every security guard here in Montreal. It's MTELUS or Bell Center. I would be friends with every security guard. When I would go into the pit for Tekka, I would shake their hands. I'd say my name, add their Instagram. And then after Tekka, I think it was like a week and a half later. I had no clue about this, but a friend texted me. He goes, Amina is in town. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, do I try and film it? So what happened was I kept the wristband for my first concert at Tekka. And I said, oh, I need to get back in there. I really want to do Amine. And he's right. such a cool artist. Yeah, yeah. So I took the wristband reapplied it to my wrist with glue and i said should i really do this like what if i get in trouble my roommate said just go for it so you don't regret it and i ended up going 10 minutes before the concert started met creators from montreality um and the security guards helped me get to the front no no questions asked. so at some point like you start off for free and it's just to get that experience and even like like i was saying to you that you go back and take your first video you ever edit. So for me, it's Lteca yeah. for, for, for the most part. So you go and, and take that Lteca video and t- a year later, a year and a half later now, you sit down, you edit that video and see yeah. where your progress is. And if it's a, an insane video for whatever equipment you were using back then, then that's when you kind of can gauge like, damn, I, I really have a talent. I need it. I need them to start putting my foot down, asking to not do free work anymore and have that conviction whether it's yeah exactly like even i'm doing like headshots just to make like some side cash i'm of like course, yeah. 10 bucks for for a couple photos for linkedin you know right, it's, right right it's just like even that little stuff even like my girlfriend's best friends i'm like yeah like 10 bucks like i'm sorry but this is what i want to do as a job and you know i'm talented and this is what Bro, I, really 10 bucks is nothing. I just have to put my foot down exactly <laughs> exactly considering considering like not to not to boast you but like let's be real man like we haven't even got into like your breadth of resume but um considering the people that you've worked with and the amount of experience you have like people should even like take ten ten dollars as like a a complimentary you know what i mean fee right (laughs) no i listen i totally get it you know but um but it's more just like doing what you're passionate about and just trying to get better um yeah and honestly it's about it's about being undeniable at the end of the day man like that's Mm -hmm. i listen to joe the fact that you're taking money at all like even even you say five bucks if they can't yeah the fact that you're making money off of it yeah like artists come to me and they're like how much for video and they give me their budget and i say oh i charge 800 a video and they say i can only do three i said okay we can do three and we just don't have a budget and we can do a couple (laughs) takes and that's it you know what i mean yeah exactly like i try it like yeah because bro like we'll get into me a company but there's so many artists that if they put their audio and they had their lyrics and had a guy like Leroy or Justin Bieber sing it, it would be the most listened to song in history. Oh, like they're that talented. You're saying as a lyricist, they're that talented. Every, every artist has one song like vaulted, no matter how small or big they are, you go to SoundCloud and listen. And there's so many artists out there. Um, baby Santana, he's 15. He knows every single person on SoundCloud. 
like Holy every shit. single person. If wow. he listens, he goes to SoundCloud like two hours a day and he takes guys and throws them on features. They don't, they don't um, charge him, charge them or pay them right, or whatever. Right. It's just to be featured on a song. And as a, as a 15 year old artist of that magnitude, if you're on SoundCloud listening to 20 year olds and 30 year olds who haven't even like had the chance to perform yet and you're asking to be featured, like, you know, that if that audio is sung by him, it's going somewhere. So it's that type of aspect that like you, like I, I really want to help artists because it's one opportunity to get everything and one opportunity to take it away. And that's kind of what it was. If I never got asked to do Tekka, I don't know where I would be right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's a trickle effect, man. And that's if COVID, like- if COVID didn't happen, I don't know if I'd be in as a, like a creative right now. Oh, same Seriously. here, man. I, my whole life, I wanted to be a filmmaker and you know, like that's, it's, it's a dream since I was a little boy, but it wasn't until I actually, you know, we entered the pandemic where I was able to take it serious and work steady uh, to kind of achieve this point mm-hmm. in my career. Uh, it's wild, man. I've been writing screenplays since I was 17. Like I've been actually exactly. trying to pursuing the passion, but the videos I showed you, the ideas that I had, this logo right here, the business that I created um, would have mm-hmm. never have been established if it wasn't for uh, the time that was granted um, because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. Right. And I'm glad that you said that because I, I owe 2020 a lot to the success that I've, I've kind no, of seriously. Um, it it yeah. gives you a point too. Like also when you create a business, when you start creating a business, that's like when you realize you're undeniable, then you can create a business. And like, yeah. once you do that, it goes so quick. It goes so fast. It's so true. Yeah. And people were saying like, Oh, like it's going to take some time and it still does. But I think because right. I spent my, most of my twenties just building up, like eating shit and kind of going through the grinder of, uh, figuring mm-hmm. out, uh, going through the grind of figuring out like, you know, where I excel at, what my skills are, you know, learning and adapting to being a director and editor on all that, all facets of storytelling. By the time I started the business, it was just a matter of finding clients. And then once I found yeah, one client, right, it's trickled right. to the next, trickled to the next. And this is what I always argue, like, okay, people will say in this business, you know, uh, talent's not enough. You need hard work. You know, when talent fails, hard work, uh, if it works <laughs> instead i don't know the saying exactly kind of yeah trust but, me i get what you're saying yeah but at the end of the day man like I'm, i was telling you this in person it's like i don't want to be a schmuck that works hard i want to be a guy that's also really really well does well at his craft um that just so mm. happens to work hard as well do you know what i mean it's like you don't want to you want to yeah. have a right balance you don't want to be just the guy that's pumping out stuff and you know working for something that's not getting any recognition you know what i mean and if you if you i always tell like every creative i work with i say like i have a friend his name is michael gilbert his right. his instagram like tells his whole resume he's actually down in miami he's working with swaley as a personal photographer another kid that's awesome yeah from boston and he texts me he's like which photo is like should i put like this or that this or that and yeah it's like i'm taking a quiz on his on his skills and they're all so talented i said if you're debating it and you have one that you like, why would you put it out if you if you don't like that one for sure? If you make if you make a video or you have a photo that you don't like, why would you put it out? If you're not proud of your own work, why would you why would you show it to people? Like I just I just yeah. did a video for um, I'm not gonna say because uh, it actually just happened yesterday. I got text and uh, so I did a <laughs> video for for a school club and nice. uh, I said, okay, this is. So it was a business meeting. I had a cocktail hour, filmed the video, and added a jazz instrumental to Circles by Post Malone. Nice. They had a couple transitions, a couple zoom-in shots. Right. And they said, yeah, we, we need serious jazz music. We need no transitions. We want the pictures a bit lighter. 
and the text has to be more modern and no tra- like no zoom ins. And I was like, okay, so I do not want my name on this video. This is not my work. And that's it. I, I basically could Wait, do this it isn't the one that you told minutes. you showed me. This is another yeah, this another is project yep, with the same the directives. One. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, it's the same video, same video. Oh, same okay. Video. This is the one you did show yeah, me. Yeah, this is the same. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, this is the same one. Okay, okay. So okay. so they texted me yesterday, like, yeah, the like I showed it to the team and everything, and uh <laughs> and they just like don't like the video. I'm How like, do you not put a transition? I just don't understand. I'm like, I'm like, they just don't like the video. I'm like, okay, like I did everything you want me to. It was, what is it, it a fucking slideshow? It was the content manager. It was the content manager oh my God. who was talking to me. And I'm like, who cares what your team thinks? You're the content manager. Do you yeah. want the video out there? You're telling me what to do. And it's yeah. like that's what frustrated me. It's like I'm trying to I'm trying to take all these gigs and everything to figure out like where I can show my creativeness. Yeah. And um and just like kind of explore with it and like also teach myself new ways to edit and like simple things like a sit down uh with a panelist. But it's like when I when I was editing that video, I probably went through it like 15 times after like each text I got about how to right. revise it and and I had my I had Massel Media Productions at the end of it, and I put my signature. Right. And by like the last two or three times I edit, I took out my signature in Massel Media Productions because I didn't even want it getting out there at that point. Yeah. It just wasn't my work anymore. Yeah, I got you. I so got you. that's kind of like the thing. If you're, if you're like passion, and then like the work hard go hand in hand. Like if you're passionate enough, you can sit down at your computer, edit for ten hours, lock yourself in your room like you're a five year old kid getting a Lego set at Christmas, and you won't stop until you're done. But um. But I think that goes hand in hand. That's kind of a way to like explain that if if you're hard work and you have like a gut feeling about how you want to run your stuff, then that's how you're gonna do it. So that's no, my, I, that's I my little story of that. Yeah, no, honestly, it's a wild story, and like you know, I uh, I've encountered those dilemmas as well. Like that's the worst for me is when you're dealing with whoever you're reporting to that's not creative <clears throat> themselves or really just doesn't understand um, the whole project. Where we come uh, from, like the meaning mm-hmm. behind it. You know, I'm fortunate enough that the recent clients that I've had actually respect my vision and like professional exactly. opinion. Like they're always going to put their opinion in. Everyone has an opinion at the end of the day, but I kind of like draw the line and say, listen, like <laughs> anything I do, like I'm, th- that's my whole mission in life <laughs> is if I'm working with you, like you Tyler or just anyone, it's like, it's not about yeah. the, the ego. Like I couldn't give a shit if like mm. my idea, like if your idea is better than mine, I'll fucking take, I'll slap it on there, give you the credit. But if it's like, anything in service of the actual vision. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to, you know, one up you. I'm not trying to overstep you or anything like that. I'm just trying to make it the best project possible. Right. And a lot of people, you've encountered this, right. Collaborators, creatives, colleagues, peers, whatever have you um, have this issue, right. They feel that they're being threatened or their, their egos, you know, being compromised because you uh, decide to, you know, one up them by, you know, shoving in, or, or, you know, suggesting your own kind of critique or, you know, feedback, right? But it doesn't work like mm-hmm. that. It's like, it's all for the service of making the best video possible, kind of like what you were doing with that uh, jazz instrumental circles video, whatever have you. Um, it wasn't about, you know, oh, I just want to, you know, make it my video. It's no, I want to make right. it the best video possible. And this is how you do it with transitions, with zoom ins, <laughs> yeah, with, whatever, with not right. modern text, whatever text you're considered modern, you know what I mean? Um, right. So yeah, anyway, uh, speaking of like, you know, your journey and just kind of like getting wrapped up in all the uh, kind of the eventful moments you've had um, in the short time you've been working, right? Because you're a young guy, I should mention, you're about 20 years old. Um, I like to know, you know, two things like your family and your friends, were, 
they supportive of this decision to pursue the arts, uh, the current lifestyle that you're um, engaged in now? And what motivates you, you know, speaking of this business that's sleazy, right, as you said, or, you know, it's not the yeah. most conventional, what motivates you to kind of continue to pursue it? So uh, I'll start with my friends and family. My friends yeah, are, are loving all the opportunities I'm getting, you know, great, they're great. always hitting me up. Oh, there's a show in Boston. I'd love to go if you can get me a couple of tickets. I'm like, at this point, <laughs> I'm never paying for a concert again. Uh, I'd love you, to man. go to more concerts and enjoy them. Yeah. But, uh, but it's so fun to just like be working and say that that's your office, you know, it's yeah. not a, it's not a typical place for my parents. So, uh, I'm actually not studying arts right now. Um, I am studying mechanical engineering before oh, COVID. Wow. that's where I was committed. Okay. So I'm actually still in engineering until the end of the year, but not a lot of people know about that. So okay. I'm in engineering and I just do this as a, as a thing on the side. Oh, wow, you're but, a smart, uh, I was you're a smart doing... guy, eh? engineer. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, no, my dad started engineering at Concordia, Montreal. So I, I kind of chose to come back here. It's where my whole family is from and where I kind of grew up per se. But uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So it, he, like, they they love that I'm doing this and they support me, my company, and everything I'm doing. But they're just like, at least pass this year and see where it goes. Cause now I'm taking a bunch of electives and trying to stay, take some management and take some film. Um, taking a religion class that I'm doing a That's final awesome. project video for. It's just like other stuff I'm trying to get out there. Um, and I'm taking the two classes I failed last year just to like pass them and get out of engineering. I got you. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's where I'm at now, which is kind of wild to say, but um, yeah, not, yeah, I'm an engineering that you, major. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Not that you're not a, a smart kid, whatever. It's just more like when I hear you're studying to be an engineer and you're pursuing the arts or you have this talent for the arts, um, that means you're highly academic, right? And, uh, right. you know, I went to university, I graduated in marketing, but uh, I could never see myself, you know, excelling in mathematics or science. Uh, maybe if I applied myself <laughs> that much, but uh, <laughs> you, you kind of see that juxtaposition, you know what I mean? You kind of like yeah. understand what I'm saying is that's crazy, but good, good on you. Right. And I'm sure you also want that balance and you kind of, are you doing it more to appease your family? Be honest. Like, is it kind of like you want no, to No, my degree? dad, I, I grew up like playing with Legos back to the future. Is my oh, okay, favorite so. movie just cause the physics, um, it's also a six cinematic movie. Now that I'm like 100%. more into videos. Yeah. Um, but even when I just like picked up a camera and, and like, I would go to school and, and I would always be drawing and I always got mad at my parents cause all these kids next to me in class in elementary school and got the 64 colored pack and I had the 24 color pack and I had so many ideas about what to scribble on a paper yeah. and I just couldn't do it because I didn't have the supplies yeah uh, but in the end like my dad knew I was, always had a creative mind and my mom always knew that too as a preschool teacher she could tell that from when I was very young but um but they're they're very supportive and they were kind of like my dad was kind of surprised even that I went into engineering and and he's oh, yeah. uh he works at MIT so I'm like as a kid, you know, going to MIT, like the place where all engineers want to go and you're walking around those buildings. And my dad's telling me that they're making stuff that goes from solids to liquids, back to solids, moves around with a control. Um, they're making energy that's the size of a battery that can power 50 towns. And you're like, yeah. this is incredible. You know, like it's undeniable. Any major you do, you can still say that that's incredible. And I just want to learn more about it. So that's kind of like where the engineering aspect came um, and like the mechanical side, just like fooling around with my hands, getting 
getting dirty and and even just drawing like that's still mechanical you know but um yeah but now that i'm in this it's it's what motivates me i guess is um just like knowing that there's another artist coming and like yeah you can always there's always an opportunity if you have this is what i tell everyone i said if if you're so passionate about it and you really want this and you don't think it's possible uh you're gonna find a way and it sounds so cliche like i at 16 you have a motivational speaker that comes to my high school and they're like if you want it that bad you'll find a way or like just just put your head down and just keep going for it yeah yeah you're like what's this guy talking about like like shut up i hear this from like 50 people but like now that now that i'm in this situation i'm like is so true like it's it's crazy um but for me yeah i'm just saying i just want to interject like for me when i used to hear people yeah, go saying when you want success more than breathing like that's when you know you'll get it and it's like right i finally now understand that um i've always mm-hmm. wanted like to be you know in film like i was explaining since i was a child but now in the last year or so like now i can understand what they mean by when you want it more than breathing like now it's like tyler do or die like i don't see myself doing anything else other than this craft, exactly. I had these long conversations in the car with you, like Uber, like my dreams and ambitions. And you were very kind to support that um, right. and kind of entertain those thoughts. So you can imagine that, like you said, it's like when you want it that bad, put your head down, you know, focus and, and make it happen. You know what and I mean? And you're fine. Like, no exactly. Yeah. You'll find a fucking way. Right. No, it's it, seriously, it's so cliche and everyone hears it. And, and some kids my age, like still don't realize that yet. And, they're in school oh, yeah. and that's also part of the thing. They're they're listening to everything their teacher says and they go through yeah. and whatever. And they have no some people just have no clue what they want to do. I only figured out I wanted to do this a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, for certain. But um once you once you kind of get that aspect down, then it all clicks in. It's that whole thing that I never believe that everything happens for a reason. And I, I seriously think that motivates me too. There's I would be at work on um i worked on a boat this summer and right. i would be a narrator just like for tourists like what they were looking at and everything history of right. boston and um i would hate it some days it would be raining and there would be no on the boat i was barely making any tips and um a girl her name's elise her her son or her stepson is uh, actually a bigger artist from marblehead like right next okay. to her name's token and um she would say you don't know who's coming on that next boat you have no clue and I said, I said, that's, that's very true. And like, you have to go as an area, you're going up and talking to everyone and you have to be outgoing. So I get, I stay on the boat one last ride. Um, there's a family of three from Nashville and, um, the mom was like, what are you doing? Where are you studying? Where are you from? Uh, so I say, no, I'm in Canada. I'm doing, I'm studying engineering, but this is my true passion. And she would say, Oh, that's crazy. Like, I actually social media managed for Post Malone in Nashville for a year. And you're like, Fuck. oh my God, imagine if like <laughs> I left that hour early, you know? That's so it's, sick. It's like, it's everything happens for reason. Like the famous story I tell that I, I only tell people in Montreal. It's um first night or the second time I ever filmed at that club that gave me the first chance to ever pick up a camera and like right. let me kind of work with it. Yeah. Um, there were two older guys in there and they were maybe 60, 70. It was their kids were graduating high school. So it was the grad party and uh, they got them a, a shit ton of bottles and they were walking around and just being clowns. And I, I was like, this is gold comedy. So I just, fo- I put my camera behind them, kept following them. And um, I was wearing a Yankees hat and, and everyone from Boston's going to kill me for that. But uh, 
<laughs> this guy comes over and yeah. uh, he puts a, a Yankees World Series ring on my finger. And I'm like, I was kind of like freaked out for a sec. I like froze up. I think you were telling and, me um, this actually. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so he let me, I was like, can I like take a photo? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. So I put the camera out, take a couple photos and then I give him back the ring and he takes it. And his, his whole fist is, it's all full of diamonds and all full of sports rings, like Raptors, Celtics, Red Sox, World Series, Tampa Bay, both their Stanley cups. And I'm like, what do you do? And he goes, I'm a team photographer for these sports teams. And the other guy goes, uh, yeah, I'm just a guy that works at DHL. And, um, and I said, I don't know if I should be wearing this hat, by the way. That was the wrong ring to put on me. I'm from Boston. They asked me where I grew up in Boston. And I said, it's a little town. It's three square miles. It's named Swampscott. And they said, no way. We grew up there. And he grew up there. We went to middle school, high school, right. elementary school there. And went two miles down the road to Salem State University. Huh. And then I, I went and did sports photography. And then he's like, a, the other guy was a big manager at DHL. So they packaged the cars for F1 going from Bahrain to uh, Canada, Canada, the U S whatever. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to get your phone number and I'm going to text you tomorrow. And, and I was kind of messing with him jokingly. I said, if you're right. a big guy at DHL, you figure out a way to get me in for F1. He was like, what team do you want to work with? I told him the team and he said, done. That's it. And it was a wow. 10 minute conversation just from meeting him in a club. And that's when it kind of clicked for me. Like everything does happen for a reason. And that a lot of the industry and what motivates me and like this crazy lifestyle and how I get these opportunities. It's yeah. just talking to people. 80% of this industry and 80% of what you do yeah. is talking to people. When you go, when like how life goes is there's going to be kids in high school that if, are going to be working for my company yeah. or there's going to be other kids that are working for them because you have a degree and that puts you on the same playing level, whatever. But in the end of the day, if you have a friend who knows a friend or you're the friend that runs a company, you're going to be working for them because they have an end. Yeah. And that's how life goes. So no, it's that's... about talking to people. And, and I was never a kid in high school to um, be popular. I talked to everyone, whatever, but, um, but it's kind of, it's kind of funny now that those kids are off in school and doing their own thing. And I'm kind of like finding my path a little earlier in some cases compared to others, but, um, and they're, I'll pass a little later. I should, I should mention it's bro, just you're, crazy to like you're, you're 20 text, bro you know? there's people your age there's people yeah. my age that are still lost bro like i wouldn't yeah put that much hardship no 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 but, um, just, let's backpedal that because <laughs> yeah <laughs> no because honestly man like true. we young yeah we young. i don't want to sound like yeah. i'm like boasting right like you know tune your own point kind of thing but the reality is is that um it's very admirable like you work with a lot of people that i admire in the industry um and mm-hmm the big thing that for me is that you also respect my work, right? It's not like I'm just here right. saying, Oh, I, I Tyler, like, Oh my God. It's like, no, we, we respect each other. And that's what uh, creates a collaboration. That's what creates a future partnership. Um, but back to your point about, you never know who you're going to meet. Uh, I love that attitude mm-hmm. that you have and, and you have it at, a, at the right age. When I was 20, uh, believe it or not, I used to think it was the big ones or nothing, you know, it wasn't the little steps. Um, and like even going to, to Nima Nas when we met like it's like you never know who you're gonna meet but that's what, I had no, no clue who I was meeting there you know right so. and then so so not so exactly you you jump you beat me to it um that was my point is that before I went on tour with him I was in this crossroads of like you know keeping my job that I worked in LA I told you I worked for uh Impact Theory mm-hmm. and uh you know that was a very promising job that you know helped me get a lot of other clients and attention in the industry um in, in the time that I served there but it was time for for me to uh, reassess right and 
Neiman as like, you know, just being around, uh, being around that brand and like, you know, just helping to cultivate it. Um, I knew I was going to be around people that were like-minded uh, individuals. So my point being is that <laughs> I met you on the trip <laughs> and you know, people that I know that I revere and I would hope to work for one day as well. And that's right. how this conversation started, you know? And it's like, if I were to stay home in my, in my room and just edit those social media videos and not you wouldn't take have that chance, I would have never have met you. You know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. I would have never met the other people on this trip that I've yet to, right. to have conversations with. And my brand, Daniel Calderon, 94 Productions would never be out there. So the, the way in which to get yourself exposed is to take that risk, right? Is, is to mm-hmm. go the extra mile. Um, and like you said, it's to be patient about it. It's like, you never know who you'll cross paths with. And I, I really believe in energy and people, you know, my mom, my parents are very modest. They raised me that way to not talk a lot about what you want to do and your passion. And in a way I can right. respect, you know, moving quietly, you shouldn't always be bragging, but for mm-hmm. me, it's not bragging for me. It's like, I want people to share and understand my ambition. So if it does come up, like Tyler says, yo, like, I know you're a fan of Bieber. We got this gig here. Or like, you'll know that right. I'm sharing the same. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you'll know that. Right. I'm and it's not process. like, it's not like a thing. Like, yo, we just like, we have a music video with this guy. Like, can't wait to do it. Like, you can say that, you know, but you yeah. can't be like, yeah, we we're doing a music video with Leroy and Bieber. It's called stay. And, and you can't be like kind of shrugging it off. You have to be like, yeah, like we did that. I, I was on set and, and that's how it worked. You know, it's, you, you got to have an ego in the industry and like tell them what you've done and like be serious about it. And at some point it's kind of like, you don't want to have, um, you don't want to have like the stigma. That's like, you're just shrugging everything off left and right. Because then that's when you seem pretentious and you don't all, really seem so serious. Exactly. It, it seems like comes- you're just working to meet the people and get out. You're not trying exactly. to be in there for a while. Exactly. But like you said, so your point being is that instead of just saying I worked on a music video, you're specifying who you worked with, correct? Right, exactly. Right. So my point being is that with creatives, it's always good to like provide that context. So when we were talking, right, it's like the last thing I want is to like just talk, you know, give you an earful of like my passion (laughs) and my ambition. (laughs) I'm serious. This is how I look at it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is how I look at it. It's like, yeah, exactly. you're a nice yeah. guy. You were obviously like very receptive at first, but then I said, you know what, now I got to, now I got to pull the big guns. Now I got to really like tell them like what, I, and, and the only reason is not to brag. It's not to boast. It's just so you have an idea, whether you like my work or not, who right. I am. Yeah. I think that's so Seriously. important. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's so, it's like, imagine I, you walking in there and like, you're just like you said, Oh, I do, I do some photography, uh, for, for some like, you know, artists, uh, they're, they're quite big. I can't really discuss them. Okay. Okay. It's like, I don't have any context who the fuck you are. I just know you do photography, but I also know 500 people that do photography. What makes you different? Mm-hmm. What makes you distinguished? When I showed you the scissor reel for Nima, it was like, I saw your, your, your eyes. It's like, then you looked at me a different way. You're like, yo, now I understand where this guy's coming from. Like the capability mm-hmm. of what he can do, like the dance music. And like what your style of work is. Exactly. And, what my st- and that's a huge mm-hmm. thing. I'm so happy you said that word style of work, because again, we're all creatives in our own right. But some excel at certain things differently and some can tell a story so uniquely that others can't. You know what I mean? So it's like when I told you about that dance music video, it's like, like you said, you haven't heard that. And you were you were so uh, impressed by it. You told so many people after that, thereafter, right? It's like, imagine if I kept that to myself and I was like, yeah, like I do. I want to market my brand, whatever. It's like, no, I want to share that with you. So it's like, hey, maybe we can find something together in the future. You know what I mean? Like maybe we can align that creativity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah like even 
even like I told you in the Uber when we were together that how I like kind of meet creatives and how I know that they're going to be successful and I really want to work with them. It's like, right. I don't even ask them for their portfolio. Anyone can hold a camera, you know, yeah, like anyone, anyone can hold a camera. You can film, you can do whatever. It's more like I'm, if their style, if their style is really cool and if they're serious about doing this, they'll sit down and edit and find a way to captivate that style. 100%. So instead of asking for their portfolio or like, like it's like going to a business and saying, I need your resume to see that you graduated school. I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like what I'm getting at here. But, um, but you say, if I were to, you give them a real life scenario. You say, if I got you, um, if I got you young Chris or little Tekka for a music video, right. how would you set it up? If you had a budget of this and what would be your style? Like what transitions would you really want to try out? What would like, what colors, what color palette do you want? What's like, like write a treatment up for me of what you would do. Exactly. And if I like their treatment and how they want to do the video, I know that they can, they have a really good style because at the end of the day, if you want it that bad, you'll find a way. If you yeah. want to edit the video like that, that bad, you'll find a way. Yeah. So it's, if they're passionate about doing it, they will sit there, look at YouTube videos, have me in the room and I'll teach them how to do it, but they'll find a way to get that whole vision done if they really want it. Yeah. I remember you telling me that, that, uh, exactly. And the ones that like, like you said, anyone can kind of hold the camera in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a way in which you, you hold it. Right. And there's a way in which you create a story from those shots and you know, how you piece everything together. Another thing I should mention, uh, I've been getting a lot of compliments on this recently is that fact that they haven't, it's rare sometimes to find a director that can edit as well as write, you know what I mean? Like do right. all these things at once. And it's like, mm-hmm. like that sizzle reel I showed you, right. I directed it, I wrote it and I, I edited the thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. I think that's so imperative. That's so critical uh, in today's day right. and age. And that's why I admire that again, that going back to a, a mutual hero we, we share Cole Bennett. It's like, he's not just a director, you know what I mean? He doesn't just send the footage off and that's it. The mm-hmm. guy put everything you see, he pieces it together, right? That's how we started. Right. He directed and edited like run and gun. And I take pride in that. Right. Like as do you, right. It's like, we, how else can we like establish our creative style if we don't see the vision all the way through? Does that make sense? Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So speaking of all these people that you worked with again, Justin Bieber, Machine Gun Kelly, Kid Leroy, just to mention a few. Um, I want to know like, what have these experiences taught you as an artist and how have they helped you grow in the, in the industry? Um, I mean, it's, it's obviously cool being around those guys. They all have their, like for Leroy and Beaver, Beaver has his own team. Leroy has his own team. So when you're editing a video, it's like, there's a story with Cole Bennett and, and Kanye on, on mixed personalities video that I remember that Kanye didn't like the color palette, but YNW Melly was in jail. So he had no say. And since it was his video, (laughs) he decided not to change and stuck to his gun. Right. So each artist has a different viewpoint and you have to kind of be like, okay, this is, the color palette we want to go with this is like how it's going to be and it was really cool to see that just like being there and like just like looking at the lighting and like drone ops like the drone ops when they're flipping over it's just it's so cool um they had me my training for that was audio so they would they would splice it up into like 200 300 pieces i would be sitting next to like another guy and uh one guy would oversee us so you put into 200 300 pieces over a three minute song say we want you to put in order and we're going to time you so that's what we did it was like solving a, an endless rubik's cube and that was like my first training in the music sense um it wasn't really like being around the artist that much um oh, you had to do a te- like, you're saying you had to do a test 
even before you were hired? Kind of, just like learning, just like learning how to, oh, so wow. when you're there and they, they have the audio, they want to know that like you can edit and like right. do it. So, so audio, when they're switching up um, cameras for like certain words or certain verses, right. how it can be so smooth into like how they're doing it. So that's kind of the way to line it up, I guess. Shit. So you have to like learn sound song too, in right? order. That's wild. Split, yeah. So sound, lighting, gaffing, that was like the first sort of training um like just being around artists that capability right it wasn't really necessarily being close to them um but they they have some some crazy personalities and obviously the roy's like my age so it's it's really That's cool wild. like to yeah like he was on tour and, and you get to talk to his team and you suggest ideas and everything it's like a lot of the artists i work with i try to like keep them around my age so you have chris you have Tekka, you have Leroy, you have chris and tana and, and when you suggest ideas to them as a director as a creative and you say this would be a really cool idea and they're they're the same age so they kind of see it the same way as you but if you go up to a guy like eminem or kanye and you say yeah. hey this is what i'm feeling and they're like 30 years older than you and you've only been doing this for two years they're gonna say <laughs> like screw you i have a guy that's like already done that or this is like yeah. the worst idea so it's cool to like test it out and kind of get the free lance to do it um but there, there's some pretty cool artists. They have some crazy personalities. Machine Gun Kelly is, is one of the craziest fucks I've ever, I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Uh, yeah, he's wild. like a train wreck, or like just artistically creative, or like what? what I mean, you, mean you can tell. You could, he's he's really artistic, actually. I mean, he's he's a really cool guy. Uh, but <laughs> at parties, you see like on social media. I'm sure you saw like there's him breaking his head or breaking a yeah. wine glass over his head. And, and then he's like, wow, that was like, so this is where his creative aspect comes in. So he's like, it's like gushing blood from his forehead. And then you go and look at the Cleveland show where they, they sold that as home, uh, the Cleveland Brown stadium like, yeah. for his home show. And he zip lines across lands at the stage. And he, he was like, yeah, like we stayed overtime. Um, I have to pay for this whole set. And then he goes, he says, quote for quote, I'm rich bitch and takes another champagne glass and cracks it over his head. So that was like all originating from a bar after, after party from yeah, yeah, Boston. Yeah. And um, I was telling you that he, he's like grown so much and he's, he's actually a really humble guy. Like for the most part, he, I mean, obviously he's dating Megan Fox and you know, but yeah, <laughs> um, but he like, you look at the documentary that he came out with, that, that was incredible. But um like five years ago, he was performing in Boston at the same club that I had the after party with. Yeah. And there were seven people in there. Huh. Only seven people, which is really You're cool. You're saying like when he was starting off. Moves. When he was starting off five yeah, years man. ago, there was only seven people in Boston. So it shows how quick the industry moves and how you can't really stay in one place. And that's why like I'm not really tied down to one artist and like doing this tour, doing that tour sort of thing. That's smart. Um, but also you got to learn, like, learn from that where it's like, every opportunity uh, you take on uh, can lead you to an even better one. Right. It's like, you never know exactly. who you're going to meet. Um, Cause like you said, right. All these artists we speak of, there were once nobodies. Uh, people forget that there, mm -hmm. when you mentioned Justin Bieber, it's like, that's not a name. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that's just a kid. Granted, he, singing he in came his room. up. Yeah. He came yeah. up really young. Uh, like Tekka, like Tekka was on SoundCloud maybe like four years ago. I was selling shoes to the guy at the time. Like, so you I actually was, knew was... him personally. You were saying before. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. I, I began sneaker reselling. There's a <laughs> there's a kid. His name is um, Kenny Don Kenny Badanza. Yeah, and um, I played hockey with him. And the coolest guy I ever met in 
he got me into reselling shoes. I'm not going to get into the whole story, but something happened and had to sell a lot of his shoes. So kind of like just kept going with it and making connections and like learning from him. Right. And uh, my first concert back in Boston was actually his girlfriend was a huge fan and the artist was role model. And um, he was, he was there and it was the first time I reconnected with him in eight years. And I said like, yo, like I was selling to artists like trippy, like uh Lil Tecca and Santana before, like they came off SoundCloud, all these right. pairs for free, just to say like, I'm giving you these for free. If you know anyone that needs a pair, tell them to hit me up. Just like kind of get like a growth of like a celebrity sort of thing to buy from like a kid, you know? No, of course. It's the exposure, um, right? Yeah. Exactly. So that's what kind of tied me in more to music, I guess. I love hanging out with like artists like that and just like being able to talk to them personally and be like, be like as in, as a 16, 17 year old kid, like, oh my gosh, I have this, I have like Lil Tecca's number. Like, this is crazy. Like, I can't yeah. believe this, you know? Um, so it's, I was like telling him, I was like, you got me into this whole entire film industry without you teaching me how to sell shoes when I was 13, I wouldn't be here. Exactly. So it was like the first time reconnecting, but it's, it's crazy. No, nah, man. Well said. And you know what? Like that, that's why I was so inspired to like connect with you is because we have the same mindset. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, sh I shared with you my love of um, music and my love of uh, storytelling and, you know, just filmmaking really. Um, and just showing you my style. Um, that's just how much I emulate, you know, people like Cole Bennett and, um, you know, explaining the whole dance music video uh, vision that I have. Um, that's why I think we connected more is because you kind of saw like, even like the projects you were discussing with me, like um, right. that are in the pipeline. You're like, yo, like this guy, we can apply that style. Um, Cause that's what yeah, I want to do. Like right? We were just trying to tough it out for a night and, and then kind of wipe our hands and say, see ya. Have fun. no so, no like for me it was it like was, i wanted to create awesome. a lasting yeah you don't you don't come across people that are like that talented you don't also, you really don't and that experience um, like let's be honest man right like you you you've worked with a lot of uh creative people people that i revere again um the hat you know <laughs> i immediately was like yo what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and i fucking knew you were legit when i saw it i was like yo and i i, I remember you were even like Yo, like the fact that you knew who it was, I was sick. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of so like neat. we understood it's each so other's niche, language. You know? you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so niche, man. It's niche, bro. Um, but like, if you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like a true exactly. person. There's in the only business. so many yeah. of us that are doing hundred percent, bro. You got to be, you got to so pay many. attention. People are sleeping out there. And exactly. um, yeah. So what I'm saying is like, it's just, I'm so excited. Like, you know, uh, the potential and, you know, what uh, this kind of like uh, friendship has to offer. So, you know, that that's great, man. Uh, I'm really excited for that um you know back to like you know the fact that we created our own kind of production companies we were discussing that uh again in our <laughs> endless conversations about the the industry um you know 94 productions uh i was not shutting up about that you know i was uh, proudly. uh but that's my baby you, you know should. that's my As baby right that's and, and I remember, yeah. yeah i remember in the uber car i told you i said this logo is gonna be like ovio one day and <laughs> you right. didn't even smirk no, you're like 100 <laughs> percent yeah like, i know yeah, i look i seriously yeah you see it you see it i love it yeah so like if you have a style and, and you say that like if again if you're <laughs> if you're strong enough to make it happen you you do anything for it you, you'll find a way so 100%, I, I knew bro. like you, i clicked with you and you had that same mindset so it's like i knew right away that whatever you said was gonna happen you know? thank you sir thank and, you i, I and also i'm serious on that I appreciate that Tyler a lot. And I, I, I was big on, to be honest, also not only the ambition behind it, but the aesthetic, you know, I told you, and I remember you complimenting the style mm -hmm. and I was mm -hmm. like, 
this logo, like not for anything, but I just see it like meaning something, you know, like instantly being recognized, you know, but right. that's for another conversation. I want to talk to now about mass whole media. That's your company. Yeah. Yo, yeah, that, this baby. is, this is sick. <laughs> I love that you have your own production company. You're not like a freelancer with a camera. This guy's legit exactly. boys. He incorporated the business. He's ready to go. <laughs> it's putting his services everywhere. <laughs> he's got a logo. Uh, he's got his own clothing line. Um, and this is again, what I mean is like, you know, we've got a little bit of an age gap, but we're like brothers, you know? <laughs> exactly. No, seriously. Yeah. Like the we got the brother. same fucking vision. Bro. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I want to know, uh, just to give some context for Massful Media, you know, it provides photography and videographer for artists, events, partnerships, and one being, you know, Nima Nas, uh, as evidently discussed here on the podcast. Uh, so I want to know with Massful Media, why did you decide to start your own company and how did you come up with its name? So uh, I'll start off with the name. So the name, sure. no one knows about this one. Um, okay. I think I actually kind of, I kind of had like a, a Cole Bennett thing. So he has his own clothing line and yeah, yeah, he yeah, puts yeah. like these unique posts and notes explaining why he created it. Right. So I put, um, I put on, I, I forget which item it was, but in one of the descriptions for one of the clothing items in my shop, it says why we came up with the name. And that was right. the only public place I ever put why we named it that. Um, people from Boston might have a hint, but it's called Massel because if you're growing up in Boston, uh, you're called a Massel, a Massachusetts asshole. And oh, if sick. you go to California, I don't want to say anything, but it did to, sound like asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. if you go to California and you say you're from Boston, they're like, "Oh my God, you're a Massel." You find another Bostonian from Florida That's when you're there on fun, vacation. Yeah. They say, yeah. "Oh, you're a Massel too." Right. So, um, so I was like, "This could be really, really cool." So that's kind of like the whole origination of the name. I put the UFO in to kind of like throw people off because okay. a mass hole, like it kind of seems like, like there's a big sinkhole of media. That's what like everyone was saying to me. Like, I yeah. love the idea. It's like a huge, I took it literal, like a mass media. hole. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like so hole. I put the UFO, yeah. like as if it was taking it up and like putting it wherever. Yeah. Uh, so just to throw people off. Cause like, if you knew when I first started it, you would know the name, but for people just tagging along, they kind of don't get it. And it's like, you have to work a little bit for it. Exactly. So it's a it's a pretty cool concept i guess for that but um so the whole the whole idea for the business is that again it kind of goes back to the portfolio thing and our hiring process and everything like that but um there's so many talented creatives uh out there that are even graduating high school just now graduating college in college and aren't in the profession of arts and you see when you apply to college, your, your portfolios are the same short films, the same photos of flowers. Your teacher tells you how to edit them, tells you how long it has to be and, and what the style should be. And you don't really have a representation on that. And for me, it's like, if I go and apply to arts next year and I pull out my portfolio, the look on the, their faces, when I pull out my portfolio of what I've done, they're going to be like, holy crap, we've never seen this before. Like real world examples and real world settings that like right. you're doing and applying here so it's kind of like help give creatives that are seriously passionate about this and like use my connections and use our other creatives that are like our mentors as we call them use their connections to kind of give them a place to go and and do their first concert do their first sporting event their first business setting real estate video whatever mm -hmm. and it's just to see what they want to do and if they really enjoy it uh, so the whole, like, and I have no problem explaining my whole business plan because in the end, if I explain it word for word, how I did it and someone sat there and took notes and they tried yeah. to do the same thing that I can do, right? their style won't be my style. They don't have the brain I have 
for how I think of stuff. Down I love brain, that my creatives that. think about yeah. it. Seriously. Yeah. Like you go, you go and sit in a studio with some of the artists um, like that we, that I've been around. And if you were to learn from a sound uh, producer, how to produce that song and that beat, if it was your favorite beat ever, he could show you how to do it and how long each, like the BPM beats per minute. And he can show you all that. And you still couldn't do it. If you sat there for four hours and studied how to do it, you couldn't, you can't do it. There's something, this is something and, that can't be taught at the end. Like I always exactly. believe you can educate yourself. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I didn't go to school for this. I grinded it out on YouTube for so many hours. God mm-hmm. only knows how mm-hmm. much time I spent on film reviews, tutorials, all that stuff, just learning the craft. Seriously. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you can't, I can't teach someone my style. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's inherent. Exactly. It, it comes and that's why it through I, your bones, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I have no problem explaining how, how I get these connections and how I, how I want to move forward with it, how I plan on making money with it, what creative, how I hire my creatives. Because if someone asked me how I hire my creatives, like, cause again, if they assume that I was looking at portfolios, it would sound hypocritical because the whole point of my company is saying those kids have the same portfolios. Why would I be looking at that? You know? Right. Um, so it's that whole idea of what their vision is because some of them haven't had the chance to express their vision. It's kind of been vaulted and locked up and they're just trying to like unleash it. So it's kind of like their therapy for figuring out what they want to do. And that's like, and some people really unleash it and others don't unleash it enough. And that's how life is. And it tells a story and in a couple short words, but um, we've done, we have a hundred plus creatives in Asia and all across Europe. We have Canada, of course, and the U S everywhere we're doing, we probably shot a close to 20 tours in the past five months and a hundred plus events. And, um, we have some more concerts coming up, more tours, more events. Um, we have the Bruins winter classic coming up, um, Oh yeah, you're doing Canadians. that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, well, this is what's so exciting, uh, man. Is like, yeah, exactly. we'll, we'll get into that offline. But um, yeah, I just want to say, like, the the fact that we're we're you know have that mutual passion, but also that uh, mindset um, from a business acumen perspective of just how we assess creatives and how we assess ourselves, um, how we pitch ourselves in the industry. I think that's so vital um, because you don't want to just base it off of portfolios. You want to know how the person thinks, and exactly. that's something and that you even- and I established. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not even just like for, for creatives. So we also do artists and the biggest thing for artists is that like, I, like I said before, if their audio gets played by another artist, it's going to be a massive song, whatever. Besides that, they don't have a lot of artists don't have the funding or don't have like the spare money to pay for a venue perform and then get people there to make back the money. It would just be like a huge loss. So we have, showcases coming up i'm working with the entertainment group in montreal and then we're going to do a couple in the u.s right um totally by my own on my own with that nice and my creatives but it's a place to have 20 artists perform for six seven minute sets so two songs three songs and just like meet other artists have them on features meet prods have their filmer come with them so our creatives that we have hired for the event get to meet their guys and they can go around and film events, get started. And it's for 90% of those people, it's the first time they ever get to perform. And one of the showcases I went to, um, it was for a company called Concert Crave. And they, I wanted to do it so bad just to see how they kind of ran their thing. And those artists got so known that 
one of them, he's at UMass Lowell now. He opened for Trippy Red. You have another guy opening for Ken Carson. So it's like, it's crazy. so all from that showcase. So that's kind of like, I want to be that guy that gives them that first opportunity. Because again, all it takes is one opportunity. And I'm so fortunate for that opportunity Declan gave me to do to Tekka. Um, it was a, it was a huge, a huge opportunity and, and it got me to all these places and still working with him today and meeting people from Tekka that are working with me as mentors. It's, it's seriously incredible. And as music as a whole, the artists obviously are really important. They're the, the ones producing what we can do and call our job. And it's seriously important that we give them some love because they spend so much time and, and a lot of them write their actual feelings and, and it just sucks if they keep it bottled in and they sit in their room and they don't have a place to perform it besides their mirror to their parents. And, yeah. And you give them a platform. I, I really that's want that concept. Yeah. Today. That's your, that's um, your kind of role. Yeah. And then we'll, so we're going to take the idea. We're going to have um, like, we're going to do top threes for these showcases and we're going to have an event with uh, another media company in New York. We're going to have a, a huge festival with Volteca. We'll have Santana and, and uh, young Chris, and we'll have those artists pull up to New York and we'll do a festival of our own there. Um, there's these oh. two other guys that create their own media company. It's called box boys and they do it solely on their own. They're a huge inspiration. They were actually working with young Chris on tour. Um, they're two brothers and they got so many connections through the underground uh, music and they have their own festival, but it's really hard for them because they want to manage the whole thing. And, and I respect the idea because, you know, you like I create something and they create something and they have their own way of running it. But I'd love to get some of those creatives that have been snubbed from opportunities to work with creators that aren't supporting creators. Right. And and take them in and have them as a, as an asset and like say you contributed to this festival. Like it, without you, you wouldn't be running this thing. Cause there's only like 20 people in the music industry that are filming at like my age doing what we're doing with oh, the types of artists. Yeah. So it's like kind of taking those guys that got snubbed and haven't gotten that breakout moment and kind of like nurturing them up that, like that last little baby step. So that's awesome. It's a, it's a Yo, cool it, it sounds like a grind, man, but you're, you're, you're keeping at it. That's what's important. And it is uh, a grind. You have a noble intention about, about it. it. But as, you have <laughs> yeah. a noble intention about it, right? Hopefully, hopefully I'll be in the, these conversations too. Uh, as a, if you need, exactly. no, hundred <laughs> percent, dude. Seriously. Yeah, buddy. Because once you start seeing, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm gonna be pumping out more behind the scenes and like. I, anyway, well, that's something we can discuss offline. But I remember that's something yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's what you guys specialize in is like uh, mm-hmm. providing that for artists and then um, seeing what exactly more can, what what. It can yeah, so they just that. so we give them the opportunity. Um, any money from the shop that we make will keep so 40 percent goes to the creative that took that photo or did that video or whatever right the other 60 goes towards the company mm. that helps pay people like you if i were to supply you to go to scotia bank or yeah. scotia bank arena in toronto and do a right. concert that would pay you that rate so you, people know that there's money in it and i'm not just trying to use you of course for content yeah and all the all the creators have ownership rights to the photos as long as we can post them on our social media our website and the shop knowing that they would get proceeds if people buy that photo. Um, but it's, it's a big thing. Like obviously creators support creators and, and it's, it's a big thing for my company to, to keep saying that and hammer that down. And that's kind of like our motto, but. It's a genuine, uh, it's a genuine, uh, genuine cause. And like, you know, it's just a respect, you know, like I'm supporting you and what you're doing and, and I respect a vision 
But if someone's not not in it for, or someone's just in it for the money and just wants to like kind of take like go and take photos with someone and say that like like that whole pick me person, I, yeah. I don't put up with that. If you're not there to to work, like it's super fun. You don't have to you don't have to be pretentious and everything when you're with those artists. They're all really cool people. Yeah. When you get off stage with them it's you and like the four other guys that hang out with every day, because if they go out in public and they're seeing, they're getting like mobbed. So what would you guys do when as friends? And that's basically what it is. They don't want like another camera in their face. You know? So it's, that's what ex- it's what you're explaining learning how about, to be that, that yeah. type of guy. Well, no, I'm saying, sorry to interrupt. I just want to say like, what you're explaining yeah, yeah. is exactly how I experienced it. Um, working with Nima, like um, I, be, I became, I never really wanted to position myself as a videographer. I always wanted to be a director, but I also wanted mm-hmm. to be a friend. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. It's like after every show, it's like just hanging out, just having a good time. Cause like you said, you don't want to be that guy that they hired. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. You want to yeah. be part of the crew. That's what they, that's why that's how you'll be remembered. And that's, you know, how you'll be invited along for more projects. Um, but the idea is, is like, yeah, like that the art work speak for itself. You know, like I exactly. always say that. It's, it's like, like the, don't it's like be the there actor, just to say. Act yeah. like you've been there before. Exactly, exactly. The, the well, man, this is a great conversation. So insightful. Um, you know, I've learned a lot from you. Um, you know, you have a long way to go. Um, a long way to go, I should say. You have a lot coming. <laughs> you have a lot coming for you. But I'm saying is that you're so young. Too, I'm saying you're so young yeah. that fuck. You have another ten years to go. <laughs> An extra ten years in your, in your wallet. Yeah. Uh, but no, man, it's not about the age. Um, for me, it's just about, um, you know, what you can cultivate, uh, your ambition at the end of the day and your drive um, that can get you to whatever destination you desire. And you've exactly. proved that. So um, I'm really excited uh, to have future talks with you. Um, you've been nothing but a great guest on this podcast. And yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to connecting and collaborating about future projects. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's always a pleasure. And it's it's incredible to reconnect. And, you know, like just just from something as small as meeting at a concert, it's incredible that this friendship's going to go a long yeah. way. So I'm really excited. 100%, buddy. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tyler Seller, for coming on the podcast, sharing your journey um, and enlightening us on how to become better creatives. Um, do you have anything, anything else to say before you leave? I got nothing. Uh, just go awesome. check out our website, I guess, uh, www.nasholmedia.com and just kind of gives our whole business plan uh, flat out and a list of our mentors and creators uh, that are deployed all over the U.S. mainly and and for sure go and give them a, give them a read. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tyler Seller, for coming on the podcast again. Thank you, everybody, for listening and we'll talk soon.